Anything? Same. She hasn't gotten out of that bed since we got here. You know, I think she's devastated. I don't think she had anything to do with her partner's death. Tell you what, she's either dirty or the woman is a total shit magnet. Why don't we just send her a little encrypted email? Set up a meet? Remember last time you sent her an email, right? You wound up dead? Look, you agreed to contact her. Yes, right? I did. You acted like an asshole and I agreed. We're gonna do this, we only got one shot. Treat her like a high-value target. Uh, take a leak. Alright everybody, welcome Panels to Pixels. Uh, we're continuing our podcast for about the Punisher series. Uh, this week we're talking about episode 9, Front Toward Enemy. And tonight <laughs> it's Steve Brown and I, and we're talking about this episode. Hey, good Steve, evening. how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. It's been a, it's been a good week here, a good, uh, good weekend, and uh, uh, just... Uh, Ready to to talk about this episode because this is a this was a big one. It really was. Oh yeah, it was a doozy. I uh, I, I made some notes in, in that one of the first things I one of the first things I put down here was the fact that this is the first time and it took me actually about the third rewatch to realize this is the episode where all of our storylines are all coming together. We we get all of our our characters are meeting. We're we're finding out what they have to do with each other. Um, so there's just a lot of of we finally get a lot of dots connected in this in this episode that we didn't that we kind of had a, an inkling of maybe a hint of some of it, but we we don't we get our characters finding out where the connections are now. Yeah, Madani's Which I thought still cool. yeah, Madani's still like searching. Uh Frank's starting to piece together certain things, especially after the explosion. Uh you see Karen Page after a long hiatus from the Yes. Show, and uh and how she fits in. And uh we see Curtis for the first time too, in a while. And yes. uh we see the further descent of Lewis in this Yeah. We get to, and this is this is a thing that I thought was really interesting. I, I think we brought this up um, the last episode or a couple episodes ago. Uh, Might have been two episodes ago when we we had that brief brief scene of him building these bombs, um, and us not knowing exactly what they were. And then we have a break of an episode where we don't know what's going on. And so what we find out, or what we just have to piece together, is that during the time that we didn't see him, he's going around planting these bombs. At various places, and and that's really what he was doing when we didn't we didn't see him. So I thought that was interesting. That the episode, um, you know, it opens up with Madani waking up, and she glances over the bed, and, and it's empty. And you wonder if she's she's wondering where Russo is, maybe. But we find out she's either her mother is at her house or she's at her mother's house. Um, she brings in some breakfast to her, and they're talking about her going back to work. And we also see 
that Micro and Frank are watching her. And Frank has kind of backpedaled on his his uh, his deal with Micro of saying, okay, we'll go to her. Because now he wants to make sure that she's not dirty, that she's not part of this whole thing. Yeah. And I, I like that Micro kind of seeing what she's going through and how this is affecting her and saying, well, she's either the best actress in the world or this has really affected her. She's not – this really has her. What did you think about that? Yeah, well, we know in the end that it did affect her. And uh, Micro does eventually talk to her. Yes. And spills the beans. I know everything that's going on about Kandahar and I could give you all that information. Kind of like playing a leak. But he's going it, behind Frank's back at that point. Yeah, and it's interesting that he he lays it all out for her, and suddenly she has like this this thing that she's been searching for this entire show is suddenly just laid at her lap, where he says, "I can help you out with uh I can't remember I can't I'm not going to say the name the guy's name right her contact yeah. there in Kandahar the one that was executed he says you know I've got the video I've got the proof." But you have to have Frank because he was in the room. And I, I think it's interesting that he doesn't point out that – and I can't remember now if he knows yet what, that Frank is actually the one who pulled the trigger on Zaire. I think that was the guy's the, – the policeman's name. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he knows that yet or if that's been, been uh, communicated directly between them. But he knows that Frank is in the room. And he tells Madani that, and then he tells her, and this is all at the end of the episode, but he tells her the name. He tells her Rollins' name, and you can see in her face that she recognizes what that name means and who that guy is Mm -hmm. and how high up the chain he is. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of secrets come out, and uh, a lot of things get pushed forward based upon the story of what we are already knowing because we just see everything in different time lapses. Right. Uh, you know, it, it, it's definitely a good episode. Yeah, and uh, a couple other things just to, to keep us uh, up to about what's going on. Um, I uh, I thought it was interesting that Billy uh, comes to her, uh, to her home before she goes back to work and she tries to get him to have sex and he, he rejects her and uh, I, I kind of thought that was that was interesting. Um, but then they have this conversation, and I think if we hadn't realized it before, I think we really can see that he really is a full-blown sociopath because he has this long conversation with her about Stein and about his death and about what happened. And he's, he's almost to the point of saying, well, maybe it was Stein's fault. Because he let he had the gun and he let himself get knifed and there's this there's this look that comes across her face and I'm not sure if if it was meant or if we weren't supposed to see it or I might be reading too much into it but it almost looks like when she hears him say that that like that's a detail that people didn't know about and so suddenly she's starting to get an inkling of that he may have been there. He may have – maybe not did it, but he may have seen what happened because he says Stein had the gun and he let himself get knifed. Yes. 
Um, I don't know. Did you see that? Did you notice that? Or I really, it, it was kind of one of those things where I had to watch it three times, and I noticed mm-hmm. that too. And okay. Yeah, it's it's really disturbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. This how easily he's able to slip in and out of that, and um, so we we get to, as the as the episode progresses, we we find out that that. Lewis doesn't really disguise his voice very well because both Frank and Curtis recognize his voice, figure out who he is, and Frank has to get Micro to do a little bit of his computer magic to find Lewis. And it, it did confirm Lewis was the taxi driver uh, uh, because he says his his name is Lewis, he's whatever age, he's former Army, and he drives a taxi cab. And with all those things, Micro's able to find him. Well, also, Micro actually stated in the beginning, he goes, really? His name is Lewis? That's all you have? And he's a yeah. driver? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which got me a good chuckle. I'm like, really? It's like, you know, there could be so many out there in this world. Exactly, <laughs> this <town>. exactly. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, of course, we, we, we try to search out. He's trying to find Lewis. And uh, Micro's able to locate Lewis's cell phone, and then he discovers that Lewis's cell phone is at the same location as Curtis's or Curtis's house. Or I'm I'm not sure. I, I kind of even rewatching it a couple of times, I didn't get that whole scene of exactly where Curtis was at, where he was hooked up to the the explosives. Was that at O'Connor's, or was that his place? I, I wasn't really sure because he goes to he goes to o'connor's and he breaks in and then lewis uh comes in and they fight i i think that lewis was doing all that stuff in o'connor's house okay okay and it was just way for him to steer uh from anybody because nobody knows about o'connor and mm-hmm. uh obviously he's in that saran wrap the body is in that saran right wrap. Yeah, you that know, it, uh, yeah. It's an easy giveaway of like, hey, I could hide out here and do everything that's deviant, but nobody would know if it was me or him, or meaning O'Connor, because yeah. he already dispatched O'Connor. Right, right. Uh, of course, and then the the episode ends with um, with Micro meeting Madani, Russo meets the senator, and. Frank is is revealed to the world that Frank is alive, and I thought that was that was interesting scene. And John Bernthal did a really good job of showing his distress when he walks into the hideout and he sees all the TVs and he sees his face and he can hear all the the things talk all the things that are being said about him as the Punisher. And even though he's burned that shirt. And he thought he had left that behind. He realizes that he's just getting sucked back in. And you can set in John Bernthal just just uh, presented that really well, I thought. Yeah, definitely. So have we got uh, some top fives? Yeah, let's get to it. All right. What's your top five? Well, what's your number five of your top five? So my my number five, uh, I thought that was really interesting, is that Frank calls bombers cowards. 
he's he's very specific about that, and, and, and he has this whole conversation uh, with Lewis when they're talking on the phone about loyalty and about using bombs and Lewis trying to find some common ground between them to say, oh, no, we're the same, and Frank's not, no, you're not the same. I've, I, I saw my people face-to-face. The people that I killed, I did it face-to-face. I didn't I didn't you know set a bomb or set a trap. I didn't kill innocent people around them. I I went. I took the fight straight to them. And uh, of course, there was the one guy that he snipered in episode one that he snipered from Texas into the into Mexico. But that was still kind of taking the fight to them, I guess. Yeah. Wow. So what was your number five? Uh, it was Madonna's conversation with her mother. Uh, we always see Madonna's mother come in at a certain time whenever she's feeling down or neglected. And like you said, she didn't even know where she was at that time. And her mm-hmm. mother came in, and she had to have a sit-down conversation with her. And it was about her work and what was going on. And the mother seems to always put in or interject a like some sort of positive note for her to go on but always to look out for herself and and what she's doing. So I, I think the mother is looking for the best interests of, you know, Madani, but, you know, Madani's just on this path and there's no way or ends, of, you know, about it. She has to keep going and she has to investigate regardless yeah. of uh, the situation, you know? Yeah, I thought that was interesting that you would think, you know, most most mothers you would think would not want their daughter to go into danger, but it's almost like she recognizes that Madani is one of the few people. In fact, she says something like that because so many of the other agents are dead. Her, she doesn't have a partner anymore. She doesn't have a, she's, she's in charge and she needs to go in and be the person in charge. Uh, I thought that was, that was a very interesting conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a really good, uh, conversation in the actual episode yeah uh, and, it, and it shows what strength there is but within the characters not just the main characters because we always see frank madani micro lewis uh occasionally curtis or karen but you know this is a secondary character but that's mm-hmm. showing strength for one of the main characters yeah so yeah you know, they they need that every once in a while just to propel the story and to propel the actual main character just to keep going on. That's really good. Yeah. So my number four, and this uh, is, is kind of a touchy subject for me, but I, I thought it was a really good scene, even though it got kind of cut short is the scene in the radio station between Karen page and the Senator and this whole debate between gun control or not is it is it gun control is it people control is it is it what and it seemed like they were about to have the real conversation that everybody has been saying needs to be had and i really i really liked that the way they treated the subject and they didn't they didn't get too deep into it but they 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 definitely in my opinion they didn't take any sides they they were they were about to present dual arguments a, a calm debate and that's that's really the problem that I've even ran into with the people that that I work with and the people that I uh, that I know and I go to church with is you can't even people that are on 
the the pro second amendment side of it you can't find anybody who doesn't get emotional and get uh angry or frustrated and then of course the other side of it that they get angry as well so yeah. it's it's just we can't it's almost impossible to have this discussion without getting emotional i i agree uh, it it's hard and the thing is, is that we're all emotional, uh, regardless. We're human. Exactly. And we feel for certain things, and sometimes even people with uh, problems, they get so emotional and they have those abilities. But the thing is, is that they're not stepping back and look at, looking at themselves when they're having those issues and having those firearms. Yeah. But, you know, the, it, it is controversial, and I'm not going to try to get into it, but the, my feeling is is that, you know, it's like it, it was something that was touchy, but I think a show like this needed to have it in there, but it, it shouldn't really weigh on any specific side. It should be kind of in the middle. Yeah, and I think that's that's where they where they left it because you know, obviously in the in the show the conversation gets derailed because Lewis calls in and he is the the way over the edge side of it and and he he can't not be emotional about it and um so I thought that was that was really it was just a good. It was just a good scene all around. I thought, and, and I, I kind of wish it could have gone on a little bit. But at the same time, I'm kind of with you. I don't. I don't want the show to take a specific stance either way. Yeah. Uh, I, I would like them to keep right where they are. So, yeah. I thought that was good. So, what was your number four? Uh, Curtis trying to help Lewis, uh, and then he finds the dead body of O'Connor in the apartment. And everything goes down. Uh, it, it was one of those weird things. Like we haven't seen Curtis for a while, but he's thinking of Lewis, mm-hmm. and then he winds up going to O'Connor's for some strange reason. Probably because he was in his group, and he hasn't seen him. And I don't think they actually posted that he was missing or anything. No, I think it was just I, I think, and I and I kind of replayed that scene a couple of times because I, I the one thing that that does stand out to me, and I think it may even been in mine, um, one of mine here that we'll get to, but I think when when Curtis hears Lewis's voice and he knows, okay, Lewis and and O'Connor have kind of had this relationship, maybe he's he's thinking he can go to O'Connor's and maybe get O'Connor to help him or if maybe O'Connor can tell him where Lewis is. You know, we didn't see him go. Maybe he went to the father's house, went to Lewis's house first, and we just didn't see that scene of him maybe going and, and, the, and seeing the father and the father going, well, I don't know. I haven't seen my son in however, you know, however long. And so – Curtis's next step was, well, let me go to the person that Lewis was confiding in, and I'll go to O'Connor's. And he goes to O'Connor's, and the the thing that that kind of was weird or, or seemed a little out of place to me was the fact that he he kind of pushes on the door, and he can smell that there's a dead body in there. And 
as a medic, I can understand if he thought O'Connor was still alive, I could see him breaking into the house to maybe try to help him. But obviously, he smells that smell. He knows that that is a dead body. Yeah, he knew something was up right away. Yeah, and and yet he breaks down the door, and that just seems to me seemed to me a little out of place that he would kick the door in, not call the police, or un- unless he suspected that maybe Lewis was the one who killed him and he wanted to to go. I don't know. Uh, I'm just it, that that was a little bit of a. It just seemed out of place to me that he would break in in there like that. Yeah. What do you? Th- I mean. No, honestly, I I think that was based upon concern about Lewis because I I think that uh, Curtis always had a suspicion of Lewis. Okay. And and, uh, especially with O'Connor and Lewis's interactions and group, uh, he probably knew something was going to happen. Yeah. And that odor, honestly, it's, you know, I've never really smelt it, but... Anybody who has been in war or have been in the medical community know what that smells like. And he knew once he smelt it what to expect. But he didn't expect uh, Lewis to be there. That was the one thing. Yeah, and, and I don't know. That was the other thing that I wasn't sure about was whether Lewis was was maybe watching the house and saw Curtis or just happened to to walk up at the same time. I, I almost get the impression. I think if you're, I think you're right. If they were in O'Connor's house with the explosives, then I could see that he was watching the house, and so he saw Curtis go there. He saw Curtis break in, and he knew this is my chance to take Curtis, which is what he really wanted to do was was to inflict more damage and this kind of goes right into my number three it which is that fight between the two of them yeah that it almost seems like in that fight Kurt, there was a couple times that curtis he didn't want to hurt lewis and he he felt that he could and he, he threw him down a couple times and said don't get up just stay down and then lewis threw a, a lamp or something at him and then he kicked his leg out and then the unspeakable which is he beat him with his own leg was just yeah. chilling uh yeah, that, that was hard to watch uh, i'm sorry it's that 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 was hard to watch <clears throat> absolutely to yeah. do that to somebody that's just that's just not human you're not thinking on a personal level you just i don't care and yeah I, I think at that point lewis has lost it absolutely yeah so that was my number three was the fight between uh Curtis and, and Lewis, what was your number three? Uh, finally, Karen Page with her investigative work as a reporter. And then she was able to go on that uh, talk show. Yeah. Talk to the senator. And then get even further into it. And then, you know, pose her views about everything. Uh, and then on top of that, her getting a letter. That was extremely crucial to the story. Because it was a, a letter from Lewis himself, and they couldn't pinpoint it. You would think they right. would actually send that out to somebody to get some sort of, you know, writing description. Because it was ha- a handwritten letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they should have something on file from somebody at that point. But yeah, you, you, you would. 
Yeah. You would think, and she did, like her editor did say, well, we're going to send it to the FBI. And obviously that that's more, that's one of the things I, I think I like about this show is it doesn't treat us, it doesn't have to spoon feed us things. We we can know that, okay, outside of what we saw, they met with the FBI, the FBI got the letter, the FBI approved them writing their own editorial response to the letter. We don't know if, if the FBI helped helped her phrase it or uh or what but we do know that 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 was what the editor said he said well you can write the editorial response if the fbi will let us and then we see that they that she does respond and that's how this all kind of gets kicked into motion and how we see and and again this is what i I said at the beginning with all of our storylines are coming in together we know because lewis believed that she was on his side because she had helped defend the Punisher. Mm. But then he realizes, no, she's not on my side because she re- he reads this, this, uh, this response from her. Um, so, yeah, and that leads right into what my number two is, um, which is the feelings that Frank has for Karen. And how deeply he feels for her to the point where he says – Micro says something about his family and Frank says Karen is family. Yeah. And, and so we definitely see that whether it's a – whether it's a um, – an affection or – and I think I've said before, I think, I think they have – I think they have some romantic chemistry there in the scenes they they've had maybe i'm reading more into it than is actually there but i i think i think they have some chemistry with that and i think we could see something moving forward between them uh, actually i think there's just an affection <laughs> for of frank towards karen and his respect for her and for everything that she does that's just my idea okay. i thought uh, and his loyalty and kind of his loyalty to her Exactly. Uh, the fact that, you know, he saw what she was doing with uh, Matt and uh, the Daredevil series. And, you know, she was doing so much for Matt and mm-hmm. she did a lot for Frank at at some certain points during uh, that Daredevil run. And right. Then, you know, the fact that she came in and he has a lot of respect and affection and cares for her in some way. I don't think it's on a romantic level for some odd reason. I, I think okay. it's just a mutual respect. Because if you look uh, for the rest of the season, Frank is still thinking of his family. And I don't think he could actually get close to somebody, but he feels close to these people that help him and feel of them as being like family, kind of like Micro is. Because okay. even though him and Micro are at odds, yeah. They're always, you know, there's always some sort of mutual respect and understanding and caring. And okay. Especially for Micro's wife and the kids. And uh, and he definitely wants to see Micro with his family at this point. Okay. Uh, yeah, I but, can definitely see that. Yeah, I can, yeah. can see that. That's, that's uh, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not hard and fast on it. I'm not, but I just, uh, I just like those two together for some reason. I think it's, but. It, it, like you said, I, I do knowing the end of the season, we we do know that that it doesn't it doesn't necessarily go anywhere. So, um, no, no spoilers, uh, man. 
no, no spoil. Uh, what was what was your number two? Uh, my number two was the explosions that Lewis left. It was only one explosion that we saw in the building, but the thing is, is that he actually took out people or mm-hmm. were inflicting pain on innocent people at this point. Yeah, his point across in a very uh, course of like terrorism. Absolutely. And, and on top of that, Frank points out with uh, uh, points that out to Lewis at certain points too. Uh, like when they're having that conversation over was was it the walkie-talkie or something? Yeah, it was and, the phone. I think it was the cell. It was Curtis's cell phone. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> at that point, you know, they they were talking. And he goes, I would never do anything like this. And, you know, you're going about this the wrong way. You're mm-hmm. reproving a point that is really hurting innocent people. Uh, this is not w- how I do what I do. And and Lewis at that point knows what Frank is doing and points that out. But the yeah. thing is, is that it's like Frank's battling himself and then battling Lewis himself of what he's doing. And yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting conversation and you got to watch it a few times. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't write down all the locations, but they I did note that they had it was three bombs that he had placed. Uh, one was in an ATF office and that was the the one that we saw the birthday party at. And then I know they said a police station and I can't remember what the third one was. And I think one of the third ones was like an un- was something that was unoccupied because they were saying that one of the locations there wasn't any any casualties or there wasn't any serious injuries, but then these other two locations there was deaths and serious injury that happened, and especially in a city like like New York, this is just not a place where it, it, we don't want to see it happen anywhere. I, I uh, no no nowhere yeah. so. Um, and, and yeah, I, I'm totally agree with you. I like that, that conversation they had, uh, about the difference between the two of them. And I think Lewis realizes that, okay, we're too different, but he also, at the end, when he tells him what wire to cut, we also see that maybe Lewis still thinks that they can find some sort of common ground, I think is what, uh, Lewis's attempt there. Cause that, that kind of surprised me that Lewis gave in right there at the end, told him what wire to cut and so that the bombs wouldn't go off. But it also is a little interesting that the whole point of those bombs on Curtis was because he wanted, Lewis wanted to kill the policemen that were coming to get Curtis. It wasn't just to get Curtis. He wanted to be able to get whoever those first responders were that came to the house. Yeah. And, and Frank is able to convince him not to do that and then it's those very first responders that see Frank and a and and try to to arrest him and then he has to fight them uh, which leads right into my number 1 which is just the fact that the world the world now knows that Frank is alive the CIA has figured it out homeland security has figured it out but now the city knows that Frank is is out there and it's it's going to be interesting to see what what the response is yeah, to, to see that, if they that embrace him or if reject him in right. a sense as a vigilante exactly yeah. uh so that was your number one that was my number one so what is your number one 
my number one would be, well, Frank going after Lewis and finding Curtis, and you now Frank opens up. And on mm-hmm. top of that, it, it it's a really, oh my god, it, it was something hard to swallow. It's like, wow, he's really opening up to him and explaining to him what he's trying to do and how he goes about doing things. And then Lewis not understanding that, and they're on two opposite poles of, yeah. of, of a view. And, you know, it's like everybody understands how Frank is within the show. And you got to love Frank for what he does because he's trying to help those who can't help themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lewis is trying to do it in a more extreme fashion, but hurting other people in the process. Yeah. Well, and I love that whole that that whole what points right to that is the the Frank telling the story about how Curtis lost his leg and the fact that Curtis lost his leg because Frank hesitated. And then earlier on in the episode, Curtis being vulnerable with Frank and saying, when I'm talking to those guys, I'm talking to myself. And we, we suddenly realize that this guy who we thought didn't, you know, we had it all together. We find out that he is just as traumatized as the guys that he's trying to help. Exactly. And, and I really thought that was a really well done scene between the the two of them. Uh, with that, like you said, that vulnerability and, and that opening up. So yeah, it's it's definitely PTSD and yeah. at its finest, and showing exactly what these guys are going through. Um, they've seen war, they've seen everything, they felt it themselves personally, and then they don't know how to communicate. And that was Lewis's problem. Uh, the problem with Frank, though, was is that he was targeted and he was attacked mm-hmm. specifically. And all he was doing was pointing his vengeance and his anger towards those that did those against him and yeah. his family. And yeah, he had specific targets, right. And and Lewis is just pointing it out generally and not caring about anybody else. So he becomes a... A, a, a terrorist. Pretty much, or an enemy to Frank for him yeah. to take out and take care of. Uh, the fact that uh, Frank actually takes care of Curtis and there's that respect and he's not going to leave him and he's going to actually mm-hmm. cut that wire and do everything to save Curtis because yeah. that's how he feels about Curtis. So that it shows that Frank has more family. He has Curtis. He has Karen. He has anybody else that's on his side. So... And Lewis doesn't really have much of anybody. You know, he's running from his father. He already killed somebody and has been using their house for a way to continue his ulterior motives of trying to get his point across, which is the wrong way to Mm -hmm. get his point across to anybody. Exactly. And uh, everything is getting pinpointed towards Frank, which really isn't. We all know this because we're watching the show and, yeah. <laughs> you know. But um, So that was our top five. Do you have any notes? Uh, not really. I don't have much notes as, as far. Uh, all I could say is this. In comparison to the last episode, the last episode didn't really do so well for me. But mm-hmm. this one was very well written in a sense where it captivated me to watch and pay yeah. attention. 
And I, yeah, I enjoyed watching it multiple times. Yeah, it's one of those episodes where there was key factors in there, and we had to say, okay, this is what's going on with the story. We need to continue watching and figure out what's going to happen in the end. Yeah. So I had a, I had a couple of little things. Um, I liked the, the, the quote at the beginning. Frank says, um, doing nothing is better than doing something stupid. I thought that was that was a good that was a good line at the beginning when he and Micro are, are talking about uh, whether they want to go to Madani or not go to Madani and and Micro's like well so we should just do nothing and uh, so I like that line. Um, there's a there's a moment in when the senator hires Russo and his men to guard them, whereas to guard the senator uh, where Russo's walking out and he says, "Keep your eyes on Ori." meaning the senator, and I just, I, I kind of, I, and I remember even the first time watching it, hearing him say that and kind of taking going, taking a bit of a breath because technically when you're in protection, you're not supposed to look at the asset. You're, when, I didn't do a lot of protection stuff, but when I, they, they say don't look, you don't look at the asset because then you won't see what's coming at you. At you, yeah, I and, know. And, uh, and so I thought that was interesting that he said, keep your eyes on, on Ori. I thought that was kind of a, uh, a, you know, it may have been just a throwaway line by the writers, but kind of a bad uh, a bad look, uh, I thought. Um, and that was really the, the only thing that I had um, well, note-wise. Well, the only thing I could add to that is... <clears throat> wow. Uh, yeah, that, that whole ending scene with Madani and Micro. Yeah. That, yeah. Micro giving it away. Uh, saying, hey, I have all this information for Kandahar. <laughs> Uh, I have the video. I did he state? I don't remember if he stated that he sent it to her. Yes, he did. He said because um, uh, I think he said he sent. I think no, that was at the beginning. At the beginning, because at the beginning he says, uh, "Let's just send her an anonymous email." And Frank says something. Yeah, because that worked so well for you last time. So he may not have told her, um, but she may have said it to him. She may have said, you sent me the video. Yes, I think that's what it was. When he tells her, call me Micro, I think because I think his name was on the the disc. Yes. I think that when he says, call me Micro, she says, oh, you sent me the video. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and then I think he does say yes, and then he tells her, and she said, well, do you have the evidence? And he's – because remember, she doesn't have the video anymore. And he says, yeah, I've got the video files. I've got all the stuff. I know who the person is. Uh, I know what they were doing. He says there was they were smuggling heroin out of Kandahar. And I think he might even say in dead bodies. And uh, he says they that your guys Zaire figured it out, and he was going to blow the whistle on him. So they painted him as a terrorist, and they brought him into this room, and they executed him. And I've got all that. And but you, but he says, I love that line where he says, you need to get Frank because he knows she's the one who's going to have to convince Frank to testify. Exactly. And, and so he says, you've got to get Frank because he was actually in the room. So I thought that was a really good line. Yeah, but she didn't even realize, I don't think she still realizes that Frank was the one to pull the trigger. Because no, I yeah, and I'm not sure, and, and that's what we talked about at the beginning. I'm not even sure if Micro knows 
that Frank was the one that pulled the trigger because he doesn't take his mask off until after uh, that. And it may not be on the video, him taking his mask off. Exactly. So, yeah. So, very good. Yeah, very good. All right. So, uh, do you have anything uh, to add for this week for any information or? I, I just I looked up a few things and I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything because I couldn't find any confirmation that they're filming. I, I did find the same article that I had had seen last week that said they're supposed to they're supposed to be filming season two from February 26th to I think what I read was June and they and if that time frame works. They think it looks like an October or a December release for the second season, and that would fit with the way the other see, other uh, Netflix shows have released their their seasons, their later seasons. Jessica Jones, uh, which is fixing to come out, and then Daredevil, which had a second its second season. So, um, and really nothing nothing new, spoiler wise, as far as. Um, Who's who's going to be in it, or what the storylines are? I I don't really know. There's just a lot of speculation. I think they're trying to formulate something more bigger for the <laughs> defenders at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if there were. Uh, you will see actually Frank coming into other shows within Netflix. What's what's scheduled to be released before the second season of Punisher would come out? I know Jessica Jones is fixing to come out. But I doubt we're going to see Punisher in that unless unless he did a, a cameo, you know, after the first season of Punisher was wrapped. I, I have a funny feeling we'll see at least one episode, and then on top of that, you have Daredevil that's, yeah. that's coming out. So uh, I'm not sure if they're in the middle of filming yet for Daredevil. Okay. But, uh, you know, everything points towards, because that's the connection at this point. Daredevil mm-hmm. was always the connection for the Punisher. Right. And Karen Page has always been that central character that brings all these characters together. So he did that for, they did that for uh, Danny Rand, for, uh, for little Mr. Uh, I will <laughs> say, did you, did you catch uh, the episode of Comic Book Men? A couple weeks ago that had Rosario Dawson on it. Yes. Um, and, and in that episode, they said something to her about her being the connection for all these shows. And then she says, except the Punisher. She says, that's the only one that my schedule just didn't didn't work out for me to get in. So I, I think that's an indication that she really wants to have that tie in oh, with no, the no. Punisher. So we may I hope we get to see her in in the next season but i don't know if that comment uh yeah i don't know i don't know when comic was filmed so i don't know they they filmed during the summer okay they, so, they always so she, like from like june till like the end of august okay. or something so she could still she could still be brought into the second season of punisher somewhere yes to, to put it as the as the 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 glue okay yeah, it, yeah. It, it, uh, i gotta uh, love I, rosario she's i awesome. love her She's. I've loved her in everything since. Yeah, I just. I that clerks two scene uh, with her and and Dante on the roof has always been one of my <laughs> my my favorite scenes. Um, 
I've been I've been, uh, I've been aware of her since kids. Wow, I didn't even remember that. <laughs> yeah, she was in Kids with Chloe Sevigny, and yeah, uh, uh, <clears throat> after that, she, her career has been continuing on. And you know, she's very talented. She was in Sin City, so she was in mm-hmm. other comic book movies too. So right, which was awesome. right, yeah, yeah. She has that. Yeah, it was a good show. So, uh, what's going on else? Uh, Oblivion song is coming out this week. I'm anticipating that, so anybody who's a Robert Kirkman fan should actually go out and buy it. Um, I is that another comic waiting. book? He's is that another comic book? He's starting. Yeah, that's the one I mentioned last time. Um, okay, and he actually advertised it last night on the Talking Dead. <laughs> okay, I haven't had a chance to watch all of it yet, so yeah, I haven't I'll, either. Uh, I I went to bed early. Uh, yeah, I I after the show, I kind of let Talking Dead like put lull me to sleep. <laughs> uh, I had to. Be happy for the fact that uh, Chris Hardwick actually mentioned Mr. Kevin Smith, and we yeah. here at Panels to Pixels wish Kevin a speedy recovery and being healthy. And uh, oh my God, he's a vegan now. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I wonder if he still gets to smoke weed. He's got to. <laughs> or uh, he's got to find it, another way to get his cannabis. Um, it's still herb. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so uh, you know. Uh, well wishes to uh, Kevin Smith, uh, fellow podcaster, and uh, definitely a good influence between myself and uh, Ben Beck. Uh, we wish him well, um, and his family. Uh, we we want him to do well. Absolutely. Uh, we we I asked uh, actually tweeted out to him saying if he would actually do a podcast too. <laughs> nice. But uh, honestly, first. And foremost, he needs to get himself straight and yeah. keep himself well, uh, continue on and doing what he normally does, which we all love. So, uh, yeah. And then uh, on top of that, uh, there really wasn't much. Uh, only the Lauren Cohan thing. Uh, you know, the only thing I saw recently was that uh, Carrie Payton came to her rescue on Twitter and talking about this is all that she needs to do for herself. and I saw that. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of props to him. And uh, he's, you know, uh, I was watching Teen Titans yesterday in the morning for no yeah. reason. And his voice was always there uh, nonstop. But uh, yeah, I love it. I had to, I had to get a little deep into that. I saw the, I saw the tweet and then I had to, to follow it to the Instagram to see what he, what he actually posted, which was pay the girl. Uh, so I, I thought that or pay the woman, I can't remember exactly what he's, if he said girl or woman now, um, uh, lady, <laughs> pay the lady, might have been the lady. yeah, pay the lady. I thought that was really great that, uh, for him to, to, to come out and, and, and say that because I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say she deserves as much as like Redis and, and Lincoln and, and, uh, uh, JDM because they're obviously, way more you know but she definitely deserves to be paid what she's worth she's been on the show she's the only other now the only other person who's been on the show since season two well you 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 forgot melissa bride oh melissa carol i'm sorry yeah so she's been on since season one um but uh but you know so you've got you've got lincoln redis um McBride and 
uh, Cohan, and they all need to be. They should. Those four should be paid. Yeah, you know, the, take care of them. Honestly, the the I, I really hate the idea that you know people are getting so much money, but you know, to put one over the other because but longevity is more important. And honestly, Melissa and Lauren have been there, and Melissa's mm-hmm. been there longer. And I don't know what her pay wage is. I shouldn't know, but yeah. either all of us shouldn't know. <laughs> to, but, to put it in perspective, I thought it was interesting. We we discussed this a little bit last time. Is I remember in the nineties or the early two thousand, whenever it was that the cast of Friends it was released that they were getting a million dollars an episode. Yes, each, each. <laughs> I'm not all that. They, they uh, actually stood up for each other at uh, some sort of meeting, and they said yeah. they would all walk off if we did not. But the thing is, is you have to realize it's based upon the character and who exactly. has more screen time than anything and who has more lines. Absolutely. Obviously and she has not had a lot of lines this, this last season. <laughs> well, well, neither has in, uh, Norman Reedus and I'm sorry, Norman, uh, I really am, but, uh, grunting and speaking a few lines to, and sneering looks does not really guarantee you money. Uh, I, I love you, man, but the, you know, it's you've already paved your way for a career that is more than most. And Lauren is younger, and she is struggling. Melissa has been around for a long, long time, and I don't know what she's making. But if she's not making as much as you guys, she should yeah. be because she puts on a performance that is more so. But exactly. Lauren, Lauren is very talented. Yeah, she's been on a bunch of things, but the thing is, is that that character is crucial. It should be based upon the character point and who is more crucial than the other. Absolutely, and no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Same thing with Denai Carrera, and Denai is already in Black Panther, so I, yeah, I, I'm loving and I love Denai's character in Black Panther, and just further emphasizes how strong of a character or what she could put towards a character that she could be. Right. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to be an advocate for women, but honestly, a lot of women should get paid for what they do in comparison to some men. Because a lot of these shows are showing strong women, and they sure. should get paid equally, in my opinion. But that's Absolutely. just my thought. <laughs> Thanks, for everyone, for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night.